Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to Disney Insights. Hey, it's still very much summer, but the Fall Food and Wine Festival for Epcot is on. We head over to the park to check out all the latest happenings. We taste, test, and review a dozen entrees, and we share our thoughts on a number of returning offerings. If you've never been to Epcot's premier Food and Wine Festival, or if you only come once every couple of years, or if you're an annual pass holder who tries to come several times during the festival, we have insights for you to help you make the best of this experience. Along with myself, my daughter Madison joins us as well as David Zanola of Out the Door Travel and his son Jonah. Join us in this podcast within Epcot as we talk about the International Food and Wine Festival for 2023. By the way, you may also want to check out uh, DisneyInsights.com. There you're going to see a number of images of food that we tasted, but also um, some other aspects of the festival, retail and entertainment and so forth. So you're going to probably want to check that out as well. DisneyInsights.com. Make sure that you take the time to um, to uh, join so that you can be notified of new podcasts as they come out. All right, without further ado, let's have a, over to Epcot um, where we are going to share this, uh, this uh, podcast from within the park. So I am here in, well, about the quietest corner I can find in China right now. We've already gone, well, I've already gone past the entrance to the park and through, well, really um, the uh, the left side of the park. And um, and I'm beginning to head through World Showcase. I, th- I decided I was going to really embrace this food and um, food festival because, you know, I just don't, I sometimes it's like a week or two after it starts and I get out there and usually I do a few items and I just thought I need to really embrace this. And I got to tell you, the minute I arrived, the front entrance of the park, I couldn't have been more disappointed by the entrance design, which looked like a leftover from another food and wine festival, had a little bit of Remy um, in it. And and I thought really the, the character of choice in this was going to be um, the Muppet Labs. And so I was a little, I was a little disappointed by the entrance, but needless to say, I am on my way to check out a number of things. First off, um, I did head through Connections Cafe, but I didn't start with dessert first. They're actually doing a Remy Liege waffle with, it's a cream cheese Liege waffle with cream cheese icing, graham cracker crumbs, and a Remy chocolate garnish. Um, if I have a chance, I'm going to check that out. I, I think you probably, if you've been to Epcot in the last year or two, you've probably tried the Liege waffles at Connections Cafe, and they're so good with the strawberries and, and whipped cream. They've also had another one that was kind of orange bird themed with kind of an orange sugar to it. Um, by the way, you get a plain waffle when you go to Connections Cafe. You get the full waffle when you go to Connections Eatery, which is the restaurant side. The Connections Cafe is the Starbucks side. This... Um, Remy Liege waffle is actually available on both sides of the um, at both restaurants. So if you're grabbing something at Starbucks or you're grabbing some something more 
uh, maybe by uh, mobile order over at Connections Cafe, you can grab. And so I would definitely try that. By the way, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about every food item. I'm going to talk about those that in the past have been really worth checking out. And I'm going to talk about some of the new things that I've tried. Um, the first one, when you are on that side of world discovery, is Coastal Eats. And I do appreciate the fact that there are a couple of places you can grab before you get to World Showcase. Coastal Eats is one of them. Um, Flavors from Fire is another. And then the Fry Basket is the third. I didn't go for anything tonight of Coastal Eats, which includes lump crab cake and oysters, Rockefeller. That just didn't, that didn't speak to me. But, you know, I, I always seem to find something from Flavors from Fire, which has been kind of a fixed uh, kiosk in that little corner of World Discovery. They have the Impossible Burger Slider. I've done that before, and it's really good. It is so worth it. You don't even think about the fact that it's not a hamburger. It, it really works. They had a smoked corned beef and a spiced chocolate tart. I'll probably try to come back to that last one. But the thing I tried was the chimichurri marinated skirt steak taco, which, (laughs) thank you, uh, with, somebody agrees, with crushed avocado, grilled corn salsa, pickled red onions, queso fresco, and cilantro lime cream. I wished that the skirt steak was a little warmer, but that was a great taco. And um, I'm really glad that I went for that one. I think it was well worth it. It was a little weird because, and by the way, the price on that taco, let me grab my, my receipt here, which has started to blow away. But the price on that was $6.50. Meanwhile, over in Mexico, they're also doing a taco, um, which was taco de... Castilla slow braised beef short rib on a corn tortilla with salsa de chile morita, avocado mousse, and spring onions. Very comparable, but you have skirt steak. That was $6.95. It's $8 for the one in Mexico. I'm telling you, go for um, go for uh, the flavors from fire. I think that's a better choice, and I think the other options are good ones too. The fry basket. Mm, I love yuca fries. I've done them there. They're okay there. Nothing really big or new. They also have a fly fright of, uh, fry, sorry, fry flight of sea salt and malt vinegar fries, barbecue bacon fries, sweet potato casserole fries. The latter is my favorite, but honestly, it's just, it was too much fry, too much salt, too much, it's just too much, um, in my opinion. The, and then they also have pickle fries with dill ranch, which is going to come in really handy to our next location, which is really where why I headed through World Discoveries because I wanted to go through the Brew Wing Lab at the Odyssey, which is uh, hosted um, by uh, the Muppets, particularly um, uh, Beaker and... Um, oh, now I have to forget his name. At any rate... The, um, this one, I'm probably going to put out a short video on this, so you might want to check uh, the uh, DisneyInsights.com page or go ahead and check out Disney Insights' YouTube page and make sure you subscribe to both of them 
they have peanut butter and jelly sticky wings, which I did last year. That was okay, but it was a one and done, and they were kind of messy. Um, garlic parmesan wings, hmm, I haven't tried those. Orange cardamom rings, I haven't tried those. They did have an impossible, they have traditional buffalo wings, but they also have an impossible buffalo chicken tenders, which I thought, okay, I'm not big on chicken tenders at Disney, but this is that impossible menu. I'm wondering, you know, the great news about this one was it was tender. The chicken tenders were tender. And in fact, I could cut them with a fork and they were much easier to eat without making a messy, uh, messy self. Uh, um, there's also some buffalo Brussels sprouts and unnecessary, unnecessarily spicy, yet extremely tasty scotch bonnet pepper curry wings with cool cucumber yogurt. Yeah, at any rate, I haven't tried those, but I did try the Impossible Buffalo Chicken Tenders, and they were very, very good. What I offset it with, if it could be said an offset, was a pickle milkshake, which is a non-alcoholic drink. It is a milkshake, and in the choice of sweet pickle or dill pickle, they've gone more toward the dill pickle that said, the coolness of the shake really helped offset um, the kick that you were getting from the Impossible Buffalo Chicken Tenders. So I, I really felt like the two in com well, either the two in combination are going to really work well together or I'm going to be very sick by the end of this podcast. But what really intrigued me was how they were going to take the Odyssey restaurant. Now, Mind you, right now, because of um, construction still going on at World Celebration, their festival center hasn't opened, which should be the main center showcase when things get going. I don't know what will become of the Odyssey after that opens, but right now for the festival, the Odyssey is kind of it. And they've done some very clever theming in that space. They've, they've almost made it like a black box space and rethemed it for every event. This one was, um, um, it was impressive and disappointing. And I say impressive because there were lots of details in the room. It really, they tried to deck it out with the lab. They tried to have a lot of props, a lot of um, little things to, to check out and see and do. There were um, dials and um, clocks and things like that that were spinning and going up and down and the and and in the centerpiece of this were um, a couple of screens where they would have honey beaker and um, oh my gosh why can I why do I go into these podcasts not remembering Muppet names anyway you know the two ones from the lab and they would come and go with little vignettes I, I think people were hoping that the animatronic um, versions of them that had gone around Epcot a few years back would be coming and be part of this. They were not. Um, it was, but they did have original content. It wasn't like they were playing scenes from some Muppet TV show. So they did do some original stuff and it was kind of clever and it kind of occupied your attention. The problem is, is in order to project all this, you got to bring down the lights. And, and so my disappointing the disappointing aspect of this was it was a little too dark. Um, however, 
really, this is one of the centerpieces of food and wine. So you're probably, let, let me just say this. If you're looking to do something really different at food and wine this year, this is your place to go. This is your place where you're probably going to be doing something in terms of Instagram or TikTok, showing that you ate something really unusual and maybe weird. Because that's the whole idea um, with this uh, particular uh, setting. On the other hand, if weird is not what you want on your vacation, you want something familiar, you want something um, more in terms of culinary excellence, this is not your location. You're probably going to want to hunt elsewhere. I think one of the places that's going to be really good is the Noodle Exchange. And it's got ramen with shaved beef, impossible pork ramen, Thai shrimp, ramen with tofu. You notice that the impossible um, uh, ingredients are being used in lots of pavilions rather than one specific pavilion. I think that's really smart. So you have choices as you go throughout the park. The problem with the noodle exchange is that it doesn't open until August 15th. And in fact, a lot of these do not open until August or I think uh, September is one of the dates that uh, that is going to happen. Mexico didn't stop for anything because nothing looked new or interesting. China, I have enjoyed the crispy duck bao bun before. Um, and they do have pan fried chicken dumplings, um, don don noodles. I might come back for the don don noodles and see, see how that takes. But uh, nothing, nothing really grabs me. Now, over in Norway, I, my son used to go see Anna and Elsa all the time. And if you um, haven't, if you don't know much about my son, then you need to go back a couple of podcasts to our Disneyland visit. You get a real sense of what it's like when you uh, do meet and greets with my son. But he loved to wait and he would happily wait a long time to go see Anna and Elsa. That is reopened, but he hasn't expressed a lot of interest in doing it. Um, conversely, conversely, um, I decided to check out, there was always this little store at the exit of that meet and greet. I thought I'd check out the merchandise there. Interestingly enough, there is no merchandise there. They have completely vacated of merchandise and instead has, they've made it into a, a photo location against the backdrop. I think it's Forbidden Mountain or something like that. And um, it's, it's well-themed as a space, but it is no longer a, um, is no longer a retail space. I also have to talk a little bit about the, I never pronounce it correctly, the Crigley Bakery, which really is one of my favorites when I'm not doing a festival event. I've always loved the strawberry and rice pudding. I have always loved the pretzels with the almonds and, and there are other good choices in there. I went there a couple of weeks ago with my son. Mind you, that really means I'm carrying the bulk of everything. I asked for a tray. There were no trays. I don't know how a dad or a mom carrying a little child could possibly go through all that. And I don't know what the... I, I do not know what the meeting looked like when food and beverage management all sat together in a room and said, you know, you know what's going to really make Norway successful is if we get rid of the trays 
interestingly, when I was over at the Muppet Lab experience at Odyssey, even though that's a temporary style facility, they had they had small trays for carrying your food. Here they didn't. And I just think, I just think, what is the thinking going on here? By the way, also disappointing, which has taken place over time, is that the rice and strawberry, the strawberry and rice cream treat keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller with, um, if there's a change in pricing, it's only going up. I did notice that um, Akershus is now offering it as part of one of the desserts they offer. And I'm thinking they've gotten to a little place where they want to do smaller portions in offering that and then carry those same size portions over at the bakery. But again, one of the disappointing things. Um, and, and by the way, Norway really never does much in terms of a pavilion uh, during these festivals. So I just really think it's, it's a miss that, um, and, and they could even take that retail former retail space and do a nice little, little setting for doing um, some kind of food and beverage compliment. But at uh, any rate, I'm just saying these are the things that, that catch my attention as I go through the parks. I'm here at the India booth and I gotta say there's some interesting choices. Curry spiced crispy cheese with mango curry ketchup potato and peas samosa I've had that before really good chicken tikka masala I think I've had that one as well pretty good um, I would be trying those but mind you I just did a dill milkshake and buffalo chicken wings I think I'm I think I'm playing a little tight to try Indian food tonight so I'm here in the back of the UK pavilion a couple of kids playing in the maze in the background but it gives me a good opportunity to kind of canvas the back half of World Showcase Pavilion. I'm gonna talk about some things that I hope I get around to you. Can't do it all in one day. But I'm also gonna review some things that I've had before, the things you really definitely wanna check out because you may not get here very often or if you have, you've only tried two or three things. You're kind of looking to try some others. So let me make some recommendations. The Alps opens, is opened uh, near Germany. And I love Swiss cheese, I love any cheese. The cheese is kind of a melted thing. Warm Swiss cheese with shaved ham on a baguette. It, that just doesn't do it for me. But there is a dark chocolate fondue with berries, pound cake, and meringues. I think I'm going to go for that at some point when I'm back okay. in that corner. Germany really distinguishes itself as having probably one of the most mundane, boring, and this seems like the same thing we've been serving over the last... 20 years um there is kind of this potato pasta gratin with ham onions and cheese a safe bet it's tasty but it's nothing special and new a bratwurst on a pretzel roll nothing new and the apple strudel with vanilla sauce no, that's very not new spain if i can recommend one thing on there it's the charcuterie in a cup it's a selection of imported spanish meats cheese olives um I kind of like all that, and uh, it's a it's an easy thing to kind of carry around and snack on as you walk through World Showcase. So definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. I don't usually recommend anything in Italy. If you're going to go Italian, you might as well just get a reservation in one of the restaurants because eating outside at a kiosk with no real table, other than maybe a stand-up nearby with no chairs is going to be nearly as expensive as eating inside and it's it's just very expensive food 
the lemon ricotta cheesecake, maybe, but honestly, the other two things uh, did not stand out on the list. American Adventure, it's kind of interesting. They've got an Italian hot beef sandwich. That's just hot beef sandwich on a warm July day. I, I don't know why they can't just come up with a few more cold food menu items. There's a seafood stew. You know, they've done these seafood broils and crawfish broils. So this doesn't seem very new to me either. Um, chilaquiles, corn tortilla chips tossed in salsa verde with ranchero chicken, queso fresco, cilantro, lime, cream. Uh, sounds like um, chips and queso. But then they add a soft poached egg. I may try that on another occasion, but mm. And then carrot cake. What, what is it that American Adventure said, okay, everybody else is doing chocolate and cheesecake and fruit, and I guess we'll take on the, cheese, uh, on the carrot cake over at American Adventure because nobody else could possibly do carrot cake. So, so again, now, next door at the, <laughs> the funnel cake, if you want something different, this may be the corner for different, Funnel cake topped with vanilla ice cream, okay, but then candied bacon and maple syrup drizzle. So if you're looking for something in a funnel cake, I wouldn't try that with the dill shake though, just putting it out there. Greece is right next to Morocco and it feels like they're both next to each other. I have had the griddled cheese with pistachios and honey. It's very different, but very tasty. So I kind of recommend that. Beyond that, there's a moussaka and a hero. Um, okay, um, what I love about Tangerine Cafe at Morocco is it's one of the two places besides Odyssey that we talked about earlier, where you can go and sit down inside or at least outside on their patio. Not that anything really stood out, although the stone-baked Moroccan bread, which I've had many, many times with the hummus and um, tremola and so, um, I hope I pronounce it right, Zug Dips, is, is, a, is a good choice and not a bad choice any time of year. Um, also, I have to say, more interesting than the carrot cake is the pistachio cake with cinnamon, cinnamon pastry cream and candied walnuts. I will definitely come by around there some point during the festival because I think that's a really good place. And again, it's just a good place to get out of the heat. So give that consideration. Belgium, well, believe it or not, this year, Belgium's gonna have waffles. Hmm, who'd have ever thought? One's gonna be with chocolate ganache, one's gonna be with a berry compote. They also have a beer braised beef with Gouda mashed potatoes. Okay, I, I would recommend the waffle over at Connections Cafe before I recommended Belgium. In fact, I'd, I'd recommend um, going over to France and having the crepes before I had this. Brazil always has the Pau de Queijo, which is a Brazilian cheese bread. Great snack item and very tasty. Oh, how did I miss Japan? Now, I'm sorry that I missed Japan because it was listed under funnel after the funnel cake. Japan, year after year, festival after festival, this is the one I say you gotta go. You're gonna have a tasty experience that's unique, but not weird, go to Japan. Their three items are this, teriyaki chicken bun, I will definitely do this, a steamed bun filled with chicken vegetables and teriyaki sauce, that's a definite go item. 
fire taiko roll sushi roll with spicy tuna cucumber and pickled that can relish radish served with spicy sauce yeah i'm probably not gonna go with that one certainly not with the dill milkshake and the the beef wagyu don it's a traditional japanese rice bowl with american wagyu beef over steamed white rice it's a little warm i'm probably gonna wait till it gets a little cooler but definitely will go with that one at some point we head over to france there's always yeah it, it, the longest line i'm gonna just tell you the longest line is gonna be france it just is because when people think of the food and wine festival they think about going to someplace european and what could be more european than france right they have a bayonet with um atra fromage which means a warm bayonet filled with three cheese blend definitely we'll try that maybe wait till the uh, cooler weather a croissant with escargot i'm i'm good with that um a braised short rib beef uh both barjon i'm not even good with puffed potatoes i'm not even that's too too much in warm weather like that and then they're the ones who are going to take on the cream brulee although sometimes they usually have something different um the different is ireland where they have the warm chocolate pudding cake and i don't care if it uses the word warm i always get this on the first day of the festival and if you like chocolate this is the place for it it's the warm chocolate pudding cake with irish cream custard and then they also have an irish sausage and the fisherman's seafood pie or shepherd's was it fisherman's seafood pie they either alternate between that and the shepherd's pie um not yeah well any rate long story short check that one out um for the dessert at least at australia you have a grilled sweetened spicy bush berry shrimp i don't do seafood a lot in the parks not this time of year but that does sound actually kind of good roasted lamb chop and then what's called lamington yellow cake with raspberry filling with chocolate and coconut um then the last one i'm going to cover on this list is going to be canada and canada has the most predictable menu and it also um, tends to be because it's at the front of world showcase it tends to um the canadian cheddar um canadian cheddar and bacon soup served with the pretzel roll that is like a hallmark it's been there i think since day one and honestly it's really good the filet mignon is very good too it's a small portion for the price but uh you may want to consider it there are a few more we'll have a chance to go over those but that gives you a kind of a sense of what you are getting when um you're kind of through world showcase all right, so I am here, well, we're here in the Tangerine Cafe at Morocco, getting away from the heat of everything, and I am blessed to be in the visual presence of David Zanola, master tour guide connoisseur of all travel, and his son, Jonah, which uh, <clears throat> keeps a little bit of humor in David's life. A little bit. All right. These guys have already tried some things today. So I'm going to go to you, David, first. Talk about things you've had during the day and how they fared. And while 
I am turning it over to him. He's quickly looking in his little brochure to remember what he actually ate while he was there. Let's talk about going really no, slow. I'm, I'm okay. No, I, I just wanted to see the official name for it. So in the Tangerine Cafe earlier today, I had the pistachio cake or pistachio uh, cake with cinnamon pastry cream and candied walnuts. It was a delight. It was very moist flavorful. It was fantastic. I had it at uh, one of the last festivals and they offered it and I remembered it and so I came back. And then I just had from Belgium the beer braised beef served with gouda mashed potatoes. The beef was good. There wasn't enough of it, which makes sense. And the gouda mashed potatoes, you can put cheese in any kind of cheese in any kind of mashed potatoes and it will probably make it good. So the two things I've had so far have been fantastic. Two for two. So Jonah, you... You've tried the, the Belgium waffle, not once, not twice. And if you have four more, it will constitute a standard size waffle. Tell us about it. Uh, the Belgian waffle was good, but the portion was much smaller than I thought. Like, the waffle is very small. But putting that aside, it was a good waffle with a lot of whipped cream. And I got it with chocolate sauce. You can also get a berry compote but I decided to get chocolate sauce because you usually can't go wrong with that on a waffle. I too had the pistachio cake while sitting here and enjoying the physical presence of these two guys. But um, I gotta tell you, either the cake needs to be really warm or the cake needs to be really cold. It was just lukewarm and I just didn't think it was, I just think there was a temperature issue there. But other than that, it was tasty. So it's, I like that. It's 407 degrees outside, so that, that could be why the temperature wasn't the same, unless you wanted them to bring it out on dry ice. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there is, a, I think, a, a liquid nitro that's dessert a, at the front of the World Showcase. So we, maybe we need to go there next. So we'll see. All right. We stopped in Japan, and I had the steam bun, and I... It wasn't that it was bad, but I'm beginning to feel the effects of the dill shake, the pickle shake, I think. Anyway, I'm trying to look for something to offset it. I'm, I may, we may need to go to the Coke uh, place and get tryouts. Maybe I need Beverly to kind of flatten out my palate right now. But at any rate, you guys tried the Wagyu um, on rice. How was that? I think somebody's a little salty about their pickle shake. <laughs> Come on, that was a good joke. Uh, I had the beef. Uh, it was good. I liked the beef and potatoes from Belgium better. Uh, it was good. There could have been more beef, but again, meat's always going to be the lowest ingredient in the pecking order. And you tried the Wagyu beef, and then you also had the watermelon pineapple Dole Whip. Yes. Uh, the Wagyu beef was good. It, like he said, there wasn't a lot of the beef and there was a lot more rice, but the ratio of that. And then the Dole Whip was good. It wasn't my favorite of the Dole Whips because the pineapple, I got pineapple watermelon swirl Dole Whip. And maybe I should have tried just the watermelon, but the pineapple was definitely much stronger in flavors and the watermelon was Hard to taste unless you just got a bite of just that. And that was being sold over at the refreshment outpost, African outpost, Correct. over near Germany, between Germany and China. So we're going to do another little review. 
and my daughter, Madison, tried a few things around World Showcase. So take us through. I think you started in Germany, Madison. Um, tell us what you tried. I had a sausage on a pretzel bun, kind of like a hot dog, but a little bit, a little, a little more different. And I had an apple strudel with some vanilla sauce on the side. The sausage... Uh, was kind of the problem I had with it was that it the bun seemed uneven where it it was between where the sausage was situated between a thin side of the bun and a really thick side of the bun so it was kind of awkward having to bite into it uh, but it was still pretty good and the apple strudel was was really good like I I thought it was pretty delicious um, but not my favorite since I really love the uh, chocolate pudding cake, but that's a discussion for later. Well, so take us next to Japan. You had uh, the teriyaki bun. I did too. I'll be honest, I think because of the pickle shake, I did not want to finish my teriyaki bun. She's giving me a look because I didn't tell her I had the pickle shake. But tell us what you thought about the teriyaki bun. I thought it was very good, very delicious bun. I just, I just love, it's not just the taste that I love, it's also just the texture. I love biting through the bun and just feeling how soft it, it is. And then the, in, and then you're given just a explosion of flavor in the inside of the bun with the chicken and the teriyaki. Um, so I was glad to have the rest of your bun that you gave to me, Dad. You are very welcome. Then you finished it out in Ireland with the chocolate dessert that I recommended earlier in this podcast. Um, you love it, too, so, yeah. I mean, you would think that eating something so warm would not be suited for a day so warm and humid. And that and that would be kind of true, but I I just ignored the feeling that I had from the heat in favor of that pudding chocolate pudding bun, uh, cake because that was it was just so good I I just love it I love it with that I think vanilla sauce and the chocolate sauce and how soft the and moist the chocolate pudding cake was uh, I just I love it. Very good. Thank you. All right. Two things from that. First of all, my apologies. My my uh, The audio on my daughter's recording kind of fell apart. So I apologize that it was a little more difficult to hear from her. But I wanted her to share her thoughts about the items that she had a chance to share. And also, earlier, I apologize to all Muppets everywhere. It is Beaker and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. As well, uh, they are stars of Muppet Vision 3D, which we see so often thanks to our son, and it really is quite funny. Um, definitely check that out as well. Now, I want to talk about a couple of other things. There is um, merchandise, and um, it falls in three categories. One is Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. I thought it, that was a little bit on the mundane side what they had to offer. There was a backpack that kind of stood out with Spaceship Earth on it. I thought that looked pretty good, but that there wasn't anything that 
really struck me. The next thing was the Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse Picnic Collection. I didn't really quite see that anywhere, um, but it sounded to me very similar to what they've been offering at Toontown at Disneyland since they reopened. And then the Disney's Encanto Collection, which really was impressive. I have pictures of these, in, um, and including um, some really cute coasters that together form a cheeseburger. But the Encanto Collection, I think, is probably the best of all of them. But again, I kind of felt like, didn't I see some of these pieces last week at Disneyland? So I was a little, little confused by all the merchandise. It really didn't. Uh, it really just didn't stand out for me uh, when I was there. Now, there's also two scavengers hunt. One, which is Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak. Um, it says, embark on a Ratatouille-inspired adventure um, that um, is très magnifique. Kids of all ages can search for Remy on a sensory or savory scavenger hunt throughout uh, around the festival. It felt like a very similar one that's been done before. That didn't impress me. But what did impress me, and you may want to plan for this, is there's one called Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit that's coming around the Halloween season. And I think you may want to check into this. That is really kind of the first Halloween offering I've kind of seen uh, there. So definitely check that out. It's not available right now, but it should be coming around October time as you come close to... Uh, to the holidays. I also should mention, and yesterday I was at um, Epcot as well as today, so I had a chance to take in uh, Epcot Forever fireworks. And I have to tell you, um, I it had been, well, it had been since Harmonious or previous to Harmonious that I saw the Epcot fireworks. If you haven't seen them, you may want to check out DisneyInsights.com because I show a kind of Epcot Forever tribute um, that I kind of like that kind of ties in the fireworks. The fireworks are in and of themselves as fireworks, very good. A lot of high flying fireworks as opposed to low um, low level fireworks. Uh, very impressive in that regard. If you are a big fan of all things Epcot and you really, you really align, you really anchor to the music of the early days of future world, uh, the universe of energy. Um, if you can dream it, you can do it. Um, veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. If you love those songs, Tomorrow's Child, you definitely have got to see these fireworks because they're really good. And you can kind of check them out in advance when you uh, visit DisneyInsights.com. Well, that does it for this uh, Food and Wine Festival review. Get out there and check it out. If we have a chance to check out some other items, we'll we'll fill that in as part of other podcasts, but definitely get out there and check it out if you have a chance. I will say this. If you haven't done the Food and Wine Festival, you should definitely do it. If you do it every couple of years, then I think this podcast will have been very helpful because you'll kind of be able to pick and choose what you really like. If you are an annual pass holder, and by the way, annual pass holders, you are the target audience of these festivals. The intent of these festivals is to get you to come back to the park two or three times during the festival to sample and taste and and enjoy the entertainment. We didn't even talk about the entertainment. A lot of bands, 
that come and play, which really drives attendance. The attendance wasn't overwhelming on the first day, but then again, they didn't have a real big name group um, for um, for the event. But they do have a number of name groups um, that that uh, do make a showing for the um, Food and Wine Festival, and uh, and they include groups such as um, Toby Mac, Boys to Men, uh, Air Supply, Billy Ocean, um, Tiffany, um, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, quite a few. And I think that will really bring out a lot of people. But I got to tell you, the rest of the festival probably is going to be, you're going to want to check it out for sure. It's probably, except for maybe those new booths that are added, later on i i struggle to really say the food is going to bring you out again and again and again but again if you're new or if you only go once in a while definitely come experience the festival well that does it for this disney insights podcast we are grateful for you joining us one of the reasons why we invite you so often to go to disneyinsights.com this is going to give you a couple of links, one of which is to Out the Door Travel with David and Leah Zanola. If you're looking to coming to Walt Disney World this fall, give him a call. He's going to help you uh, square that away and create the best experience possible. We are using him right now in a proposal for bringing an entire group down here, um, actually out on the Disney Cruise Line. So we use him regularly and we really encourage you to do that. The other thing to check out is... Uh, Jim Corcus, who is a internationally respected Disney historian and who has authored so many wonderful articles and books. We worked together with Mouse Planet. He and I were together at the Disney Institute. Uh, We have known each other for years. He's struggling with health. Uh, They have... uh, uh, Mark Goldhaber, formerly of Mouse Planet, has done a great job of creating a GoFundMe account. If you get a chance... The link is at DisneyInsights.com to go fund me. Just make a direct contribution to Jim Corcus. Or if you want, join our Patreon group, the Wayfinder Society. Well, good news. Join at any level and all donations this year will be going to supporting Jim. Or just simply be among the first 100 people to make a $3 contribution to supporting Jim by subscribing to DisneyInsights.com, Disney Insights on YouTube, and our Facebook group page, Disney Insights. Again, do that and we'll make a contribution for you to help Jim Corcus during this time. The important thing is that if you have a chance, help out Jim and, and, um, and feel the magic that comes with that. It's part of why we say, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon.